0: It's time to thrive in the 615. Here's your host, the President and CEO of the Hendersonville Area Chamber of Commerce, Kathleen Hawkins.
1: Hi, this is Kathleen Hawkins with Thrive in the 615, proud president and CEO of the Hendersonville Area Chamber of Commerce. And today we've got three magical guests that are going to talk to you a little bit about how to grow your business, um, be stronger in your community, and really make a difference so together we can all thrive in the 615. First, I'd like to introduce you to a friend of mine, and um, I love his family dearly, and also a neighbor, actually, um, Matt with Anthem Brand Strategies. Matt, can you tell everybody a little bit about your company and what you do and who you are. Just give us a little bit of background information on sure. you.
2: Well, first off, thanks for having me here. It's great to be on in the 615 as the first podcast. Um, Matt, I started Anthem Brand Strategy 10 years ago, leaving the corporate world behind to really create a, a, a marketing communications agency that would be an alternative to those who are struggling with, I need to develop a brand, I need to connect with an audience but don't have the resources necessarily to go hire a big agency. I can't go bring on staff. So I sort of stand in that gap to provide a a cost-effective alternative to creating um, big marketing campaigns on cost-effective budget
1: well and you've done a lot of work for us you um, helped produce the city guide which is getting yeah. great reviews which we're so excited about that is selling Hendersonville is a great place to live work and play and one of the things that I love is um, as you've referenced earlier when we were talking that you were here before the boom actually happened in Nashville how did you get here and what do you mean you were here before the boom
2: well, so I actually came here in, in 1992 to come to college. I, I came to Vanderbilt University, graduated in 1996, started my career here, and um, to say I was here before the boom, I think I was I think I was part of the reason for the boom. <laughs> I was I was working for a company at the time, a healthcare company, and as we know, the Nashville economy is very healthcare centric, and the, the company I was working for uh, was based in in Southern California and they were looking for a new CEO and naturally they were looking for a guy and found one here in Nashville he said he'd take the job but he wasn't gonna move to California so they ended up hiring a marketing director to sit in Nashville and I became kind of the convention and visitors bureau for for Nashville and getting all these people to want to move to to middle Tennessee and and everybody fell in love with it they said wait a second so I can have a have a house with a yard. I'm like, yeah, for like a third of the cost. You know, sell your little shack in uh, Orange County right. and get over here and have a nice little place down in Brentwood or Hendersonville.
1: Okay, now you haven't. You just alluded to that. You haven't always lived in Hendersonville. What made you choose Sumner County?
2: Well, I was at the time. I was I was living in Brentwood. I would bought a, a condo, and when we started to have a family, it was you start looking around and and looking for what's going to be cost effective. And Brentwoods, even back then, you know, 15 years ago, it was expensive. And but Hendersonville was a very cost effective alternative. I mean, you could buy the same kind of house that you'd have a, the condo that I was living in. So better quality of living, um, less a little, little less in the middle of all the hustle and bustle and just fell in love with Sumner County.
1: Well, and I know you have kids that go to school in Sumner County. So what do you think of the school system? Because you're very involved. And I know that you even teach some of the career day classes or something like that in the local schools.
2: I'm involved, I'm a a sponsor of a DECA program, which is a a high school marketing competition organization that uh, these kids go through. They're preparing themselves for business and entrepreneurship. And so I I mentor some of these kids, I judge some of them, and I'm also a sponsor of the organization. So I'm I'm pretty active with the the high school. And then uh, we have a daughter who is a cheerleader for the middle school. And so we've been uh, following her cheer cheer stuff, and we're going to a national competition next week.
1: In Orlando, which is where I'm from. So I'm excited about that. I I heard you've never been to the Magic Kingdom.
2: I've never been to Disney World, I have to admit.
1: Well, you know, one of the things that you'll love about it when you're there, because I know you're a brand awareness guy, is um, watch how they market their brand, watch how they Work with their employees and the things that they say, you know, they say Chick-fil-A always says, you know, certain things that that people pick up on, you know, it's my pleasure serving you and um, watch how Disney does it because they they have really built an empire with that kind of finesse, that brand finesse. So I want to talk about two things there. There are um, kids that you work with in schools where you're teaching marketing and branding and business building and entrepreneurship. But you also do a lot of teaching with adults because you've taught some of our Chamber U classes. Yeah. And as someone who has done thousands of consultations with businesses all over, there are a lot of especially small businesses or solopreneurs, um, you know, one person businesses or two people businesses that um, don't believe in a brand or don't feel like they have to sell. Um, what would you say to somebody like that?
2: Well, I, I think you, I, I'm, I'm made up with a bias toward building a brand, um, most people aren't necessarily gifted in that realm. So they, they spend their time focused on what is, what is the operation of what we're doing? What is the product that we're creating? Um, what is it that I can do to make my services or products better, but not necessarily how to position them amongst the competition, not necessarily how to attract them to the audience that they're trying to reach. So to recognize that it's not a cost, but it's an investment in Mm -hmm. your business. I mean, you know, we, we typically say that especially startup businesses, they should actually be spending. Yes, they've got to invest in the operations, their capabilities, all of that kind of stuff, their inventory, whatever that may look like. But they've got to spend money on actually building the brand and finding people to buy their products or their service
1: let's dummy it down a little bit for somebody that may be new to business or new to starting their business what does it mean define building a brand
2: building a brand is what is your identity what is what do you call yourself um actually packaging that in the sense that okay this has to be a thing i mean i've actually taken somebody who created crafts for fun and, you know, their friends would pay them. And it was never really a thing. It was just something that she did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with a few little tweaks, hey, we could wrap this up, call it something, get you a business card, slap a, a website together. And all of a sudden, you actually have a business, mm-hmm. you know, open up a bank account. And now you're actually doing this for real. And then when you feel like, ooh, I don't know if I should ask them for money to for my cookies or for my crafts or for my pet sitting services or whatever that may look like it's a very small leap to become an actual business Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden now you're an entrepreneur look at you you're going let's do it
1: Right. Absolutely. And that's what it takes. And always elevating that brand and relooking at it, because I think a lot of times we get stuck in a rut. I was talking to somebody the other day um, about a logo that's local, that's been around for 50 years, and they were talking about how that needed to be elevated to a new level. And they're passionate about the logo because it's been around for 50 years, but it's really not... The people that created that logo and the citizens that were involved in that that logo creation are no longer around. So right. you have to attract the new people because so many new people are moving to Middle Tennessee, to Hendersonville, to Sumner County every right. single day. You're talking about 150 people a day. I mean, like that that is a whole new demographic that you have to yeah. continue to appeal to. So even if you've been in business for 40 years or 50 years or whatever, you have to you have to elevate consistently. So I, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about. Is the classes that you've taught? You just taught a class last week. Um, you had forty some odd students at the Chamber University, which yeah. Chamber University classes are complimentary for people to attend. Um, if you're a Chamber member, you and any of your employees can attend. If you're a non-member, you can attend yeah. for a minimal fee. Um, but tell me what you taught at that class, or what you taught at the previous class. That that in the reaction, the attendees, the business owners yeah. um, gave you.
2: Well, I've taught two classes. One was more on my. Well, I'd say they're both core competencies of mine, but one was on marketing and brand development, marketing strategy, uh, which is the consulting business that I have. And that was the first class I taught sometime last year. Um, And that was well attended. It was it was also well received once they were there. I don't know that it opens people's minds up and their eyes up to, wow, it really does take. A lot to thoughtfully execute a brand, bring it to the marketplace, um, and and find your audience and really find your niche. And so people really uh, became aware of that uh, through that class. And then I taught a class uh, recently on um, on just general business communication. I've I've noticed that even before before we get to how are we going to craft a message that we're going to share with your audience, how are we just communicating in general? How are we emailing, speaking, giving presentations, Um, you know, the grammar that we use, the mistakes that we make when we do a PowerPoint, all of those kinds of things. And that was really illuminating when people want to talk about, you know, the fact that, hey, we don't put two two spaces after a period anymore we yeah, have a done of facebook
1: bus. i know like
2: <laughs> you know but that's you know those are things that i feel that i was planted here to help share with people and help people understand that those things matter because they they can cause reputational damage when you hear somebody speak and they're they're put together they they look the part um they're saying all the right things but then they say i seen it or you know some grammatical mistake where you're like it, it makes you question their education, their integrity. I mean, it, it puts a lot of things into question. And so it was important for me to, um, to want to share that stuff. So I appreciate the opportunity to do it. Um, but I think that opens the, uh, the door for others to, um, to want to circle back with me and say, Hey Matt, you know, I'm really struggling with, you know, the way to say this or, you know, and, and that's what I try to help people with.
1: Well, that's awesome. And I know one of the things that I try and focus on is sometimes taking a look at what activities am I doing? And if you find yourself as a business o- owner, constantly procrastinating something, constantly putting something off to the next, um, the next day or the next month or the next year that sometimes instead of dismissing it, it's better to delegate it. And that's, that's part of why we've reached out yeah. and used you several times over the course of the year. Cause it's, it's, if it's on your to-do list and it's not getting done, you're either doing it cause you don't want to do it or, or not doing it cause you don't want to do it. Yeah or because you don't know how to do it, something's holding you back. So what's holding yeah. you back and when do you need to ask for help? And um, even though there is an investment, like you said, in your brand, I think the investment, if it elevates you, if it makes your, your we look bigger, I like to say, yeah. and you look more professional, more qualified, it's going to gain you more revenue than yeah. the than the expense that it costs you to get there.
2: Well, and I always say, don't don't spend a dime on on any kind of marketing communication Services or efforts, you know, if it's an advertisement, if it's, you know, having an agency or a consultant help that you can't put some kind of an ROI to. I mean, right. I, I typically say we're going to look at at least a four to one ROI. So if you're going to spend a grand with me, we should see four grand in revenues directly as an impact of or a result of that.
1: Right. I think that's important. Now, direct mail, now that you just said that, um, direct mail was a thing, and then social media and websites were developed, so it became less of a thing. Where do you see it now in the world? Are people tired of just seeing stuff on social media and websites? Are they wanting to see direct mail again? Is it effective? Does it work? Um, What would you tell a business owner?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think with all of that stuff, you've got to manage expectations. I Mm -hmm. mean, we, we, we generally know that, you know, response rates on you know, click through rates on an email are going to be, you know, in the one to two to three percent. I mean, so you're looking at and and same with physical direct mail. Um, you're looking at one to three percent. But the idea of that, if you're going to spend a certain amount of money on those, if you get one person to say yes, if you're going to send something to 10,000 people. Now you've got um, a nice sample size to measure. If you're sending it to 12 people, A, you're probably not going to get a response, but B, it's hard to really say if that worked or not because it's not a large enough sample size. But if you're sending it to a large enough group of people and one person says yes, well, what did that one yes result in revenues? I mean, if you sell something that's, you know, a $5,000 service or a $1,000 service and it costs you $500 to do a mailing, was it worth it? I mean, that's what you've got to, but so we get caught up in the, Well, golly, you're telling me that 98% of the people aren't even gonna look at my stuff. Well, yeah, but if you got 2% that did and that paid for it or paid for it with an ROI, then it's probably worth the effort. And it's general, there's a general brand recognition. I mean, just because you do something once and God, we didn't get it. You know, we, we hear often that it takes seven to eight times impressions just to have somebody take action if there's an action you want them to take that it's going to you're going to it's going to take a few nudges to actually get them to move but they're you're building an impression in their minds
1: yep absolutely i just had someone come into the chamber the other day and he said you know i was i got a Postcard in the mail during the holidays, and he said, I was thinking about joining the chamber, and he said, and then I was driving through Nashville, and I heard you on, I was on Hippie Radio. He said, I heard you on Hippie Radio, and so I decided just to come down to the Hendersonville Chamber and talk to you, and he joined. That, so and that was two it impressions. was, it was two impressions. Neither one
2: moved that person to action, mm-hmm. but together, the two... The two to move. Yeah.
1: Okay, now I do want to ask you um, before you leave or before we wrap it up, two things. The first one is you and Kevin Jones, who is our next guest that we're going to get to meet in yeah. just a second, are starting a um, big event or launching a big big event on May nineteenth, twenty twenty, at Bluegrass Country Club called Men of Honor. Tell me why you're doing that and why that's important to you, and what that event's going to look
2: like. Well, I, yeah, Men of Honor is is really kind of came about. We were talking about how can we how can we pay tribute to our our pillars of society, um, the, the male pillars of our society, um, recognizing um, the strength that they have, the courage that they have, um, the fatherhood that they possess, all of the great things that make someone great in all of these different categories. So we're looking at business and nonprofit civic organizations, um, public service, first responders, military service, all of those kinds of things are, are there's so many different fabrics of a man, and we want to we celebrate that. So we're coming together, doing an awards banquet called Men of Honor, and we'll have an annual Men of Honor Awards.
1: So nominations will be available for you to select your man of honor soon and nominate them. Um, I can't tell you that Scott Couch is going to be our MC. We're super excited about that. And Chief Mickey Miller is going to be one of our speakers. And we've got another surprise guest that I'm not going to reveal to you yet, but it is coming soon. So um, stay on the lookout for that. And thank you, Matt, for helping bring yeah, this together. Because be awesome. I know our Women Impacting the Community Awards event is sold out now. There's 225 women that are registered to attend. It's going to wow. be a great event. We're honoring eight. Eight magnificent people, um, ladies of honor, to say at the, least. Um, but I, when I was looking through all the nominees, there's a lot of men that are strong pillars of our community, like you said, that deserve that same recognition. Yeah. And so I applaud you for that effort. Yeah. Now, the last question I wanted to ask you was, You, how long have you been a chamber member?
2: I've been a chamber member for a little over a year now.
1: OK, so you've been a member for a little over a year. Tell everybody when you're talking about rate of return or rate of an on investment, um, tell everybody what you feel makes the chamber work for you and for your business. Oh Gosh,
2: Um, so much of the way my business is built is on reputation and word of mouth. Um, So when when somebody has a success, who's a chamber member and they can say, oh, my gosh, Matt did this thing for me and it's great. And they, they show it and they're like, oh my gosh, that's awesome, I want that too. And so it does, it definitely tends to build um, an impression, a reputation. And I mean, it, it pays for itself a hundredfold. I mean, the, the cost of membership is like pennies compared to what it has meant in terms of value for my business. Uh, and and my ability to far beyond any advertising campaign that I might do for myself um, the chamber has been most definitely in the last 10 years the best investment I've made in my business
1: now are you a member of another chamber or just the Hendersonville no, chamber
2: just the Hendersonville chamber okay. this is where I am this is where I've been for 10 years and uh, it's it's almost a I'm almost kicking myself that I didn't do it 10 years ago when I started this.
1: Well, that's awesome. And I did not pay him to say that. No. I, I want to make a note to self. Um, but the chamber only works if you work it and you do yeah. work it. He's, you know, that's why he taught the cha- uh, the Chamber University class and he, you attend leads, and you go yeah. to business after hours, even if it means bringing your pup to Pet Supplies Plus, <laughs> which yeah. was super fun. Um, so it only works if you work it and we're so glad you're working it. It's been a pleasure working yeah. with you and I look forward to new projects on the horizon yeah. and things that we're doing in the future. So well, uh, Matt, me. if somebody wanted to get in touch with you How would they connect with you?
2: Matt at AnthemBrandStrategy.com or you can always text me 615-390-6880.
1: Okay, awesome. Well, thank you for being here today. I greatly appreciate it. You have a great day. God bless. Well, we've got a lot more great things to share with you today. Um, I do want to mention since we talk so much about Chamber University, I want to mention that we have um, another class coming up on February 24th. It's going to be taught by Greg Wilson with Actors Point Theater and it's called Own Your Elevator Pitch. Now, it's not what you think it is. It's so much more. Um, Own Your Elevator Pitch is is a class that teaches you how to give your 60 second infomercial um, to the point where people can leave understanding what you say. You know, so many times people talk in jargon um, they talk in industry jargon that nobody understands and you leave them and you're like, I really don't know what that person does. Or they get caught off guard and they don't know what to say. So um, I encourage you to attend that class and like I said, chamber universities are complimentary for chamber members, minimal charge for non-chamber members, and the best part about it is you do get a certificate for completing the course and you can use that towards continuing education credits at um, the local universities, Union University, Welch College, and Vol State. So it's a great way to help build value for your employees and um, gain more education for you and your employees. So um, please join us then. So now I'd like to introduce you to a gentleman I alluded to a second ago, um, Mr. Kevin Jones with Keller Williams Realty. Kevin, thank you so much for being here today.
3: Well, I thought I'd come in and speak a little industry jargon that nobody understands.
1: Okay, so. well, let, you know what? Let's try it. Let's try <laughs> no, it no, here. No, no. Tell everybody a little bit about who you are. Who's Kevin Jones?
3: Well, Kevin Jones hasn't figured out who he is yet. No, it's okay. You're young. Um, Kevin Jones Jones uh, is a person who decided to do real estate about two and a half, three years ago, and found it to be his true calling after many things he's done in his life, and uh, is happily married with a a bunch of cool children. That's awesome. And some great-grandchildren. Not great-grandchildren, but awesome grandchildren so.
1: <laughs> that's funny you know I just found out I don't even know if you know that but Jeff and I are going to be grandparents in July so I'm but I'm not going to be a grandma I said I'm not no no that's awesome I'll, I'll be a grandma. a glamma is what I'm claiming so but there
3: is a lot of truth to the fact that you really do you get them you spoil them and then you give them back
1: yeah I can I can that's understand great. that that sounds like fun and no Michelle my 19 year old is not pregnant <laughs> it's I, I, my stepdaughter gotcha, just for the record gotcha. she'd gotcha. kill me if, if, if she thought I was spreading that rumor um So, Kevin, I asked you to be here today to talk a little bit about something that I've witnessed personally from you. So Mm -hmm. this podcast is about thriving in the 615. And what does that mean? It's how we can all come into our community, um, strengthen our community. So strengthen our businesses, strengthen our schools, strengthen um, the the active living and the lifestyle that we have here and really continue to prosper our region. So when we thrive in the 615, you haven't always lived in the 615. So how long have you been here?
3: I've been here eleven years.
1: Okay, well, that's longer than a lot of people. Is, I mean, yeah, we've had yeah. we've grown from fifty-two thousand to sixty-three thousand in three years. That's so awesome. it's 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 awesome. It is, it's awesome it for is. you because you're in real estate. It
3: is. Um, yeah, call me
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, so tell everybody what brought you here and why did you choose Hendersonville?
3: Well, it's really it, it, we kind of landed here by accident. Uh, my wife and I both were former law enforcement officers in North Carolina. We left law enforcement. We had a cleaning and restoration business you know uh, water fire mold that type of thing and we had that for about 10 years we sold it and we're trying to decide what we we're going to do with our lives and Surpro had an opening and i applied and, and they hired me and i i worked there for 10 years um about almost three years ago I decided to uh, go a different route and, and went into the real estate business but Part of the reason for that was there were were two reasons. One was when we got here, and you've heard me tell this before, Mm -hmm. I'll be honest, I hated it here because of the fact I came from a town in North Carolina where we call on the inner banks, that's what they call it. I was an hour from the beach. Mm -hmm. I grew up going to the beach. I went to the beach all the time. And all of a sudden, I'm here, and I'm landlocked. I'm like, oh, my gosh.
1: Where do I get seafood? Yes, yes.
3: (laughs) But after a couple of years, it just started becoming home. And I've met a lot of great people. Uh, 615 is just an awesome place to be. Um, so, part of the reason I, when I went into real estate was I wanted to bring other people here to, to let them see how great this place is. Um, Sumner County is fabulous in general. And so, then when I decided to go into real estate, obviously, I decided, well, I got to join a chamber because I'd done well in a chamber back home with my restoration business and i was down to two or three and i walked in and met you and i remember telling you that mm-hmm. and you just kind of blew me away. And I'm like, well, this is the chamber home I want. So.
1: And I didn't pay yeah. him to say that either. So that's well, awesome. Well, she thank gave me you. a cookie.
3: No, think, no. <laughs> well, and now
1: you're serving on our board of directors, I am, which is great. Very
3: honored and delighted to be doing that.
1: And, you know, one of the things that I had, admi- well, actually, there's two things that I admire, three things that I admire most about you. Let me see if I can remember them all. The oh, first Lord. thing was out of all of the real estate professionals in the chamber, you were the only person that picked up the phone and called me went and said, when you're ready to buy a home can I be your real estate professional there were other people that I casually had conversations with but you were the only person that had the um Assertion to actually step out of your comfort zone and make that phone call. And it wasn't salesy. It was it was friendly oh, and, and it meant a lot to me. Um, the second thing is your wit and your humor. You make everything fun. All of our events you make, you well, make enjoyable.
3: Sometimes I don't think people take me seriously because
2: of that. That's but.
1: okay. That's okay. La- laughter is good for the but. heart and the soul, which is which is really yeah. important. But thirdly, you had said something to me about what you loved working, who you loved working with the most from a real estate professional standpoint. And I know you work with tons of different people mm-hmm. and you can work with anybody of any age or any, any area. But who do you prefer um, making a difference in their lives the most?
3: Uh, well, I hope we're talking about probate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's uh, exactly
1: what we're talking about. Yeah. Good job, Kevin.
3: Uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> See, this wasn't rigged. Um, yeah, probate uh, is very special to me. It can be very difficult road. Uh, when you lose a loved one, if if something's not prepared, so I definitely believe in estate planning and things, but not everybody can afford that too. Mm-hmm. So, you know what happens in, in in the state of Tennessee is if there's real estate involved in a in a probate situation, it's probably going to go through probate unless you know with the will or the estate trust has been done properly. And I'm not an attorney, so I don't want to sound like I'm trying to be one, but um. I had a miserable experience when when my mother died back in North Carolina, and uh, there are four of us. And uh, the uh, the way they had set it up, the house was actually outside of the estate, but the realtor the realtor that handled it um, was not well schooled in it. And you know, you'd call and ask him questions, and he wouldn't answer them. You'd only go through the executor. I'm like, well, it's not in the estate so it became i didn't want other people to have to suffer with that and i've done a a few that were pretty easy and Mm -hmm. i've done some that were some bumps along the road so Mm -hmm. when you get minors involved and stuff like that it can be very tricky so um we also do everything we can to help get you set up if you don't have attorneys or something like that to get you set up with somebody who can advise you legally as well
1: well, and so I think the,
3: special to me.
1: the fact that your sincerity, um, shows okay. and, and people know that. And I have know somebody that has just recently lost someone special to her and the person that passed away, didn't even have a house, but they couldn't even get in the apartment to, to get clothes mm-hmm. for the funeral. I mean, and that can be heart wrenching at a very challenging, difficult time. So be, the yeah. fact that you care about that, you're passionate about that, you go the extra mile, I think really shows. And, and that's part of what I've also seen in you, um, coming into a community being new in an industry there are a lot of real estate professionals that i've watched through the years that um, are full-time real estate professionals making a career you know that have multiple listings all the time that are making money all the time and then there are some hobby real estate professionals that just say you know i want to do it so i can say i have a job but if i sell a house this year that's great it's actually it's our vacation money um what makes the difference to you in connecting with your community and treating it like a full-time profession?
2: You've
3: got to have, like any job, like even in your position, the desire to really want to help people. Um, that's what took me into law enforcement. That's what took me into restoration work, was a desire to help people in times of need. And and that that's what it's about. But it is a, a genuine love you have to have for people. Um there was something you said i thought about and it it, that's okay not as young as i used to think i was either (laughs) so but it oh is that if you really love what you do just like with you you would actually do it for nothing
1: yeah. Don't tell anybody. Don't no, tell don't anybody. that, but it's true. That.
3: I do want you to pay me. But, but it's true. And that's why we is. work yeah. all the time. I mean, yeah. like
1: that's really why we, you can't turn it off. Yeah. You can't be, no. I can't be sitting at a brand new restaurant or at a business and not want to help them or not want right. to. Like we were at a restaurant the other day and you could tell they were short staffed. And I said, I should just help them bust these tables. And he said, no, you can't do that. And it's like, but they need help. <laughs> like right. I want to help them. So, so it's, yeah, th- that, it's that compassion thing.
3: being a, a, a chamber president, Or a realtor or a business owner of any kind is also wanting to help people do other things. Mm -hmm. Um, That's why I've tried to get involved with the community with some of the things I'm doing with uh, Mark Harrington at Sumner County Fire Buffs. That's awesome. And stuff like that. Um, You know, I've had people text me at... 11 o'clock at night and I just happened to be awake and I I responded like why are you texting me I'm like why are you texting me (laughs) (laughs) but I've always said if I'm awake I'll answer your call because Mm -hmm. in law enforcement I was on the SWAT team so I was used to being called out in the middle of the night Uh, in restoration work you get called out in the middle of the night you know water pipes just don't only burst in the middle of the day they burst at night most of the time you're in bed and all of a sudden you're soaking wet because the pipe above you in the ceiling busted, excuse me, burst. Um, same with real estate. If if you're awake, you
1: you you answer, answer. you answer. You're mm-hmm. there. I get it, a hundred percent. Now, one of the things that Matt and I were talking about, which is why you were referenced earlier, right. is the Man of Honor event, and yes. that was really your passion. That was really your baby. About a year ago, bringing that to fruition. Well, why why do you feel as though it's important to recognize men that are pillars in our community?
3: I think we get so caught up with not being men does that make sense Mm -hmm. like a lot of things that were were manly when i was young can sometimes be offensive now like Mm -hmm. chivalry you know i know when you came out i stood up to hug Mm -hmm. your neck i stood up to shake jeff's hand that's what i was raised to do when somebody walks in the room you stand and, and you speak and you greet and i think men need to be shown or not need to be shown but it needs to be shown that men still do this right and we need to honor those men who do it i think uh, i think that's great um i was glad that matt got involved with it because i was kind of floundering with it where, where to go next um and matt has that ability to take that the extra step and so i was really glad when he called me he'd already worked all that up and everything and i was like Oh, yeah, this is good.
2: That's
1: awesome. You know, and I think that is important. And that's why we've selected three guests to be on today's podcast, because everybody has their strengths and everybody has their weaknesses and, and everybody's different. And by working together and coming together, you create strategic partnerships that that really help us all grow. And when we grow, we thrive. And when we thrive, we build a stronger region. And that's that's truly what this is about. Now, I do have one other question to ask you, because I have been told this for decades by people that are in the real estate industry when they come to networking events or when they come to a business after hours or whatever with the chamber that they'll they'll say to me and they, they maybe 9 months after joining or 6 months after joining maybe even a year after joining i'm not seeing my return on investment i'm not i'm not seeing my value because it's not everybody's looking for a $400,000 house immediately what, do you, what would be your advice to somebody that may be thinking that, looking for immediate return, what could they be doing wrong or what, what advice would you give them?
3: Perseverance, dedication, get involved, let people see you. Um, it took a year, and a lot of my clients this last year have come from the chamber, a lot of them. Uh, it's really about getting involved. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, you can just go to a leads meeting or several of them. You can just go to a, a, a few um, business after hours. But you have to be consistent and you have to get involved with things so that people see your sincerity mm-hmm. and then they'll come to you. And I told you I learned that in my other business in North Carolina where I went to one event, didn't get anything, I never went back. And then right. when I got reinvolved, I went to everything and my my volumes went through, went through the roof. Right. Because I've given all these realtors secrets here. No, that's no, a okay. We're talking business I
1: professionals. I want you to have so these secrets. Even if you're, not, even if you're no, not a real estate professional. No, I want you to be
3: successful there are events that the chamber has that you meet a lot of cool people and then there are events that chambers have where you meet the movers and the shakers mm-hmm. and once you start meeting them and they start knowing who you are they'll start reaching out to you you may not get anything from them right away but they'll start asking you questions they'll ask your advice and once you become a trusted um advisor next thing you know bam
1: yeah, and it's not it just, just about off. selling to them. It's no, about it's selling not. through them and how many right. connections that they can refer you to. And you be in top of mind when when someone asks for right. a leader referral. I mean, I see it all the time on social media where someone will ask and, and I'll yeah. see your name pop yeah. up and pop up. And it's not by you. It's usually by everybody that you know um, referring you. And that's that's more validating than any 60-second spiel you it could It is. Ever, and if
3: you go in with the idea of just trying to get business, people will smell that. Yeah. you got to truly care.
1: You do. Well, and it shows. Even if you're sarcastic, it shows that you truly care. <laughs> I, I, it shows that you're sincere.
3: And I had a <laughs> lieutenant tell me years ago that was my way of dealing with uh, uncomfortable situations with humor. Okay,
1: and well, he's probably
3: the- right. I get a little...
1: It's better with humor yeah. than being yeah. harsh, right? It is. Right? It is. I think that's great. No, you were fantastic. Thank you so much for being here well, today. Well, I'm
3: glad to be here. Thank
1: you for being a board member and a member and a stellar um, pillar in our community. Well, as
3: a new board member, I'm delighted with what you're doing with this. Yay. Um,
1: Yay. Well, thanks, thank Kevin. You so I much. appreciate it. Take Always. care. Have a great weekend. You too. Okay, so speaking of that, you know, the chamber only works if you work it. There are things that you have to do to get out there and make connections. And whether you're part of a chamber, you're starting your own business, or building a business that's been around for 40 years or more, it's really important to use your strategic connections, get to know each other, um, and just continue to evolve. You know, one of the things that we have at our chamber every Thursday morning is a mastermind group that um, Pinnacle Financial um, is actually hosting, and they bring together 12 different industries specific people and just share ideas and mentor each other so whether it's a chamber university or a mastermind group or a networking session or if you are a new business in town and you just want to reach out and say Kathleen I need help if you've been around for a while and you're not a chamber member and you need advice or ideas or suggestions that's what we're here for because we truly understand it's it's about how can we help your business grow and prosper member or not we want our community to thrive in the 615 so So speaking of thriving in the 615, we have somebody that's been a member for, well, I think practically 30 years. I didn't look it up before I left, but I think about 30 years. So I'm so excited. Amy is here today with Park Place Retirement. She's one of our our partners and proud members and board of directors, and she's just very involved in the community and everything that we do. But Amy, why don't you just tell tell us a little bit about who you are, what brought you to Park Place and, and what you do? Okay. Uh, yes, we're definitely proud
0: members of the Hendersonville Chamber. A Park Place. Uh, we have been in business for thirty-six years uh, this year, and we are a senior living facility with independent and assisted living. Uh, so uh, we we've really been a part of the chamber. I I can find old photo albums at Park Place where uh, we've been doing things with the chamber since we opened back in eighty-four. Uh, so that's crazy. Uh, that's awesome. Really, yeah, it's a really awesome long relationship. Um, I have the pleasure of being the general manager at Park Place uh, and I, I've been uh, in that position for about nine and a half years now so uh, really picked right up with the chamber um, and have loved it ever since it's just a, a great uh Organization and it's been great for our business. Um, me in particular, I've lived here, like I said, nine and a half years. Uh, transferred here from the Chattanooga area, wow. and uh, absolutely love Hendersonville. Love the business community here, um, and I certainly love um, my building that I manage and my employees. So well,
1: that yeah. is so exciting. Let's let's back up a little bit and tell everybody who's listening what is Park Place, yeah, and what type of services do you provide? Yeah,
0: okay, uh, yes, Park Place. We're a senior living uh, community. Uh, we have uh, 98 apartments. We have independent living uh, for seniors. So it's, it's like a really nice uh, apartment complex uh, exclusively for seniors. Um, and even when our folks are in independent living, we handle all the chores for them. So we're going to do... Uh, 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 housekeeping, three meals a day, transportation, maintenance, everything. So you're independent, but you don't have to handle any chores anymore uh, as a senior. And we're also going to look out for you, make sure you're safe, and um, check on you and all of that. Um, And we also provide assisted living services for our residents. And so that would be uh, what a lot of people think of when they think of senior living. So we uh, take care of our folks, bathing, dressing, all of that good stuff, um, helping with medication and all of that. So it's truly an honor. Um, what we do, it's kind of like a little city in there. We have awesome. uh, a beauty shop and a um, uh, billiard room, exercise room, activity room, and uh, you name it. We've got uh, everything going on in there. So we are running a little city that in is, there. That uh, is, a that city is for seniors,
1: A city for seniors. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I love talking about the Independent Living Program because I didn't really understand what that was mm-hmm. until my daughter told me one of her teachers actually stays at park place oh, and wow. leaves. Yeah. And I was like, what? Like, how can that be? Um, so truly you can be independent, yeah. but if you just don't want to care and it was a gentleman, a, a male teacher. Yeah. And so if you just don't want to have the upkeep and the maintenance and all of that, or if you are, I mean, he's of retirement age, mm-hmm. so he's probably in his late sixties. Yeah. Um, it makes perfect. It makes perfect sense. So
0: it does. I mean, and there, there's some unity there. Uh, you know, folks can get a little lonely as they get older, if they're living at home and especially if they're retired and they're not able. They're not out and about as much as they were. And so, uh, you know, my residents this morning, you know, they're all sitting around the breakfast table, talking, solving all the world's problems and all that. But you know, they didn't have to cook breakfast. And they got some buddies to hang out with, and uh, and they do. They certainly uh, they go out and about and go to the movies and hang out together and do their own thing too. Uh, it's an opportunity to make some friends and have a good time. So uh, I love it. I love what we are able to do at Park Place. It's it's really it's really a good time.
1: Well, now being the general manager, I can see how unemployment being the lowest it's been in Tennessee yeah. state history could be a little bit of struggle for you. What do you do to recruit and maintain employees? And do you have any hiring needs right now?
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, this is healthcare. So we always have hiring needs. Anybody, <laughs> anybody who's listening that uh, works in healthcare knows that um, and, and probably really anywhere. Like you said, uh, unemployment uh, is down to like 3.5%. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then, you know, uh, folks, with uh, when you're looking for healthcare, those healthcare professionals, you got to have that right person. Um. You know someone who's really uh, got some compassion and, and a good work ethic uh, to take care of seniors. So it, it's a special kind of person that you're looking for. So uh, certainly uh, you know, Hendersonville's got a lot of really great um, Facebook group pages. The Chamber has Hendersonville's hiring. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I access all of those through social media to advertise out. We've actually had a lot of really great success uh, with applicants coming from uh, those avenues. But also, of course, um, your typical um, sponsored ads through indeed mm-hmm. things like that i've reached out to the local colleges especially knowing um health care uh, is what we're looking for we've got a union university here we've got ball state um in this area that have nursing programs so those are opportunities where i try to seek out some good caregivers uh, and people like that um, so yes i mean uh, at this moment in time for sure we're um we're always looking for caregivers, uh, looking for servers. Uh, again, it's a little city in there, so we've got a little bit of everything going on. So uh, if anybody is ever interested in coming in to apply, you can always come in and apply. And if we've got time to talk to you, we'll try to do that too. That's wonderful. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So it, it's always just uh, looking for that that right person. And uh, this great growing city we have here, You know, we are, we're all looking for the
1: best employees. Right. Well, and I can imagine with the amount of new people moving here, every day and the amount of aging people that we have living here um, that you you always have a need. I mean I know yeah. you don't have a lot of openings necessarily yeah. all the time because you stay pretty full yeah, you do. Um, but you always have a need for people to take care and interestingly enough I don't know if you were at the Forward Sumner event earlier this week I can't remember which day it was I think Wednesday um, the Department of Workforce Development for the t- Tennessee Department of Workforce Development was there and Sumner County yeah. has the lowest unemployment in the entire Entire state, so Ooh, it's actually wow. under three percent. So wonderful! Is I know it's, it's lovely. <laughs> it's a good problem to have, but a bad problem for an employer. It is, it so, is a great problem. It just you know,
0: uh, in healthcare, you're running a twenty four seven operation. So you know, you you've got to have those right people. So uh,
1: and how uh, I, I, I joke to my husband that he will end up in one of those places because oh, I'm a okay. caretaker, not a caregiver. Yeah. Like I just <laughs> I don't have that skill set and I know it. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you retain when you find a good caregiver? Yeah. How do you retain them? And what what are some of the things as a manager that you've implemented yeah. to keep your employees around and to keep them happy?
0: Yeah. Well, we've definitely, you know, uh, looking at remaining competitive with, Wages is is big for me. Uh, you know, again, working on the assisted living um, and the healthcare side, uh, I'm a member of different nonprofits and groups that um, do salary surveys amongst all of us, kind of within our um, genre of employment. So I want to be sure I'm in the hunt. You know, and certainly definitely look at um, the different avenues online um, just to be sure that uh, we're competitive with our salaries uh, because I want to attract those, uh, the right candidate. And I, you know, I. I will uh, go out of my way to take care of the good ones that are uh, really um, a unique asset to our facility. So, um, But as far as retaining residents or residents, sorry, <laughs> um, staff, definitely uh, those extra benefits that, um, you know, aren't necessarily on your paycheck, like mm-hmm. um, doing um, recognition programs. I implemented a... Um, uh, an employee recognition program where our residents can nominate our uh, staff. That's a and great our staff, idea. Yeah, they, they can nominate each other as well, which I love. Um, and then I post all those nominations. And of course, from that, we get an employee of the month out of that. And there's benefits we give our folks. Of course, employee of the month gets an award, the um, a cash award. Um, and you get a little gift for your birthday and you get a gift for your anniversary with Park Place and uh, lots of parties, things like that. Um, this year uh, I'm working on and I've been working with my directors because we, we have a director, again, our little senior city. We've got mm-hmm. uh, nursing and dietary and all that. Um, so I've been talking with each of the directors that head up those departments about maybe doing some breakout um, kind of team building uh activities, maybe going around Hendersonville and uh, going Mm -hmm. out to dinner with their group and just um, building that bond Mm -hmm. amongst the group. So that's something else we're kicking around this year, um, just to kind of get our folks more rooted and also just so they understand how valuable they are to what we're doing. Uh, You know, uh, I am the manager there, but I am the least important person in that building. Uh, It's those caregivers that are the most important. Uh, that, is, building.
1: that is wonderful. You know, and this was not my idea. I actually got it from one of our members at one of our chamber university classes. But one of the things that I implemented this last year that my whole team has loved is, um, and I can send a copy to you, but it's my favorite things list. Mm-hmm. So all of our employees filled out their favorite things. And it was just questions from your favorite color to your favorite food to yeah. your favorite um, hobby to what motivates you, you know, money or, or vacation time or whatever. But it was so helpful during the holidays because oh, yeah. everybody's like, can I see their favorite list? Can I see? And, yeah. and then they asked for my favorite list. You know, they did. They were like, Kathleen, you have to do one, too. So That's it nice. was just I learned a lot about each one of them yeah. that I would probably would have never known. I may um, steal that. Or okay. I'm definitely stealing that. OK, <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> well, I will I remind me and okay. I will gladly send it to you. Now, one of the things that I wanted to um, talk a little bit about before. before we um, wrap it up is um, what is one of the experiences in your life that has taught you the most about effective leadership?
0: OK, um. I know that's a loaded, loaded question right there. <laughs> no. Well, OK, so so a little background on I me. Mean, I'm not uh, I don't have a degree in business. I actually started out uh, in social work, just wanting to make a difference in people's lives. And uh, I guess through hard work or, or maybe nobody else was there to do it. No, oh, I, <laughs> I doubt got, that, Amy. I doubt that. I got promoted up and uh, over the years uh, have just assumed a leadership role. And so um, I've had to learn really most of my leadership skills through observation. So um, I think anybody listening can tell you of the good leaders they've had in their lives and maybe the not so great leaders they've had in their lives. So, um, you know, for me, I've had some amazing, uh, amazing leaders who have uh, taught me uh, how to handle situations um, and have have let me know when I didn't handle them correctly. Right. Uh, as a rookie, um, you know, my current supervisor right now is uh she's a tough lady. She's been in the business for a long time and she brings a wealth of knowledge, but she cares about me. She's so busy, but she will roll up her sleeves and she will get in there and get it done. And, um, Awesome. Just her moral compass and her work ethic uh, is inspiring. It makes, and I know she cares about me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, for a good leader, you know, that's who I aspire to be. And uh, I don't know if she knows that. I should probably tell her that. Um, that <laughs> Just I, tell her to listen yeah, to the podcast and the she'll podcast. be surprised. <laughs> and she'll know how much I just adore her. Um, and, you know, how many people get to say that? You know, I adore my boss because, uh, and that's not to say she's easy on me because she's not always easy on me. Um, and. And I guess I've, I've trickled that down to my staff as well. I'm not always easy on my staff because ultimately I want to develop them. Mm-hmm. I want them to be successful. Uh, obviously, I want them to stay with me, but I don't. I want them to uh, have the tools they need to be the best they can be, because that's what was given to me. And so, uh, you know, for bad leaders, certainly we've we've certainly seen that, you right. know, um, leaders who who maybe aren't consistent or maybe uh, can be a little emotional or or irrational and Mm -hmm. um, I think maybe not as decisive or level-headed. I've definitely worked under that kind of leader before and it does create kind of an unstable climate uh, in the workforce and and ultimately I think employees like to feel secure in their employment because it's it's their livelihood, so uh, I always try to keep that in mind, uh, and I always try to be fair. So I think that as a leader, is probably your best tool. If you're fair with people, I think by and large people understand that. Uh, if you're following the rules and you're following the policies and you're polite about it and you explain it, I think most people respect that and right. understand. So, and and but you can still be warm and nice and chat people up and and let them know you care about them and they're not just a person. Right. That's,
1: are, you know, just a cog in the machine. And I think times have changed a lot, like, cause yeah. either that or I've matured more in <laughs> management or whatever. But I remember 20 years ago being in leadership used I used to hire people and expect them to do a certain job based upon what I hired them to do yeah and now it's more of an approach where you have to really look at their skill sets it's true and try and find a way to utilize as much of their skill sets as possible so they prosper and that's all about what what type of community culture you're creating and by the recognition that you're doing and the awards that you're doing and I see the parties that you do with your guests when you have your your residents come together with your employees come together it truly does become a family like literally for the residents yeah we i work we work in in a hundred
0: elderly people's home so you know it is it is a unique environment but when you talk about personality types like you'll really get me excited because uh you know i'm I'm a social worker by trade. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'm definitely about uh, understanding the strengths that people have and utilizing those strengths and, and also understanding how we all work together. Right. Um, what motivates me may not motivate you and uh, vice versa. And so really understanding that uh, to me, it's it's very exciting. I like to kind of understand where people are coming from. And and I think that I think that leads to being a good leader as well. Um, but so you're right. You can't really just um, say, well, here's the job and, and just do it. And you're getting paid. So just do it. Right. You know, I guess those days are kind of gone. You do mm-hmm. have to really... Uh, Acknowledge and appreciate the uniqueness of the people you have, and and by doing that, a lot of times I have found, uh, you know, they've got some fresh ideas I never thought of, and uh, an approach that is great that I would have never thought of. So
1: uh, you can really get a lot of, of fruit from that right. if you're willing to to take a good look at it. I completely concur, Amy. Well, thank you for sharing your wisdom mm-hmm. and your advice and for being a, a board member and a community partner and for everything you do for um, not just the city of Hendersonville, but Sumner County. And um, you're, you're just a true gem for our community. And well, it was great to have you, you. Well, here thank today. Thank you for
0: what you do as well. I love Hendersonville. I'll just go
1: on record. Love this
0: city. This is a great place to be. It's a great place to be. And a
1: great place to live, work, and play. That's right. Again, this is Kathleen Hawkins, and today you're listening to Thrive in the 615, um, featured by the Hendersonville Area Chamber of Commerce. Look forward to tuning in with you again next month. You've been listening to Thrive in the 615 with Kathleen Hawkins.